Hello, hello. We are live on both YouTube and Instagram. So um, pick your platform. So today I'm going to be sharing five really powerful things that I've learned from working on Wall Street. And I realized I haven't really shared much with, with you guys about my Wall Street journey. And like, that was my life for eight years. And, and it's a lot. It, it's a lot. There's a lot of things that you learn. Um, and so much of that reality in that world is responsible for who I am today. And um, so many initiations that I've experienced. It's a crazy, intense place. Um, so yeah, we're going to dive right in. And I also want to mention that a lot of the things we're going to talk about today, I really have this intention on helping you to balance your masculine and feminine energy. Okay. Most people that I work with in, in some way or aspect, they are imbalanced in their, um, in their masculine, in their feminine energy. And we need both. Like it's just a fact of nature that we need both. Yes, this is going to be posted. All of my lives, guys, are immediately available on my YouTube. Okay, just putting that out there and also on my podcast. So first thing that I learned um, working on Wall Street and actually maybe let me give you guys a little bit of a backstory of how I even ended up New York City, Wall Street, the whole thing. So um, I had this major spiritual awakening when I was 19 years old. I'm not going to go into that whole thing. There's like so many interviews I've done on it, but this massive spiritual awakening. Um, and so I'm like, source, do I move to India, shave my head, put an ashram? And they're like, no, manifest your best reality. And so I'm the type of person that I really, I really thrive on doing things that seem impossible. I really like going after things that seem just out of the ordinary. And so for me as a black woman, and I had been studying financial literacy. So I studied finance um, in college. That was my degree and learning about private equity and really knee deep into personal development things alongside um like spirituality and esotericism. So like your Napoleon Hills of the world, you know, all of all of that material in those types of books, I was like knee deep into that stuff. So studying success is really what I did for years. I just studied successful people. I still remember to this day, I'm like, um, it's like, I think it's like my junior year, I'm in my apartment. And I literally Google like, what are the habits of successful people? And it like, you know, some Google thing article comes up and they're like 25 things. And literally that day I adopted all of those things. So long story short, I had been studying success. I had been studying um, just like wealth, money, like how is it that people become wealthy? I was really obsessed with that. And so that led me to be interested in financial services. And so um, my either my sophomore or junior year of college, I manifested a internship working at a life insurance company. And so that was actually my exposure into financial services. And if anyone here has ever done sales, sales will amplify any of your insecurities, any of your beliefs surrounding lack and limitation. So it really was spirit just putting me on the right path because I got into sales and I actually fell in love with it. So here I am in college 
And I'm taking this career so seriously. I'm like selling all of my friends and family whole life insurance policies. And um, I ended up making it into the top 100 interns in the country. But I mean, I knew it was because of the manifestation and the mindset work that I was doing. But nonetheless, um, we get gifted this trip to headquarters of this company. And I get there. And out of the 100 interns in the out of all states, I was the only black woman there. And something clicked where I was like, oh, shit, this is real. Like all of the manifestation stuff, all of the stuff that I had been reading. I was like, this is real. Right. Because how is it that I was getting um, adults to buy life insurance from me? Um, And so long story short, I got to a point. I mean, I'm giving the condensed version. Um, I got to a point where I said, I don't want to just be, you know, a life insurance person. Like I'm good at this. If I'm going to really do this, I want to, I want to perform at the highest caliber of what's possible. So going back to what I was talking about with like, I'm, I'm just the type of person that I like to go after things that are difficult. So I was like, I'm going to wall street. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to work at the biggest and the largest firms like available. That's possible. And I did. I have so many things that I did to actually put myself in that position. And I'll give you an example of the type of things that I would do. Like, I think I, I mean, I definitely lied on my resumes and said that I already lived in New Jersey because I was like, they're not going to give me a shot at an interview if I say I live in Michigan. So at the time I was still living in Michigan, but I have an obsessive personality where when there are things that I really, really want, it would just consume me. And I would say, if you want to be successful, that's, I would have a journal for this whole conversation. That's a trait and an attribute you really need to have. You need to be obsessed with the things that you want because it carries a certain frequency. Okay. So I was just obsessed. Like once this was etched in my mind and this is alongside having a spiritual awakening. And so source goes, manifest your dream reality. And I go, my dream reality is to become a stockbroker. Right. And so everyone around me, including my family, my parents, I mean, they had never seen this. They had never seen someone who looked like us, like actually go and do this. I'm actually the first person in my family to even move outside of Detroit, move outside of Michigan. And so they literally thought I was insane. They thought I was absolutely crazy. Um, And so I ended up not even intentionally, not even intentionally looking for this, but I ended up landing a a job at a tax firm, but it was in New Jersey and it was like 15 minutes outside of New York City. So I had started applying to like big firms for like their financial advisory programs, that type of thing. Um, But in the meantime, I actually took a different position um, so that I could go to these interviews in person. And because I was telling them that I lived in New Jersey anyways. (laughs) So I'm like, um, I take this job in New Jersey. I pack up everything, one way ticket. I moved to New Jersey, literally never been to this place. And um, I start working at Ernest and Young. You guys might know of Ernest and Young. It's a tax advisory firm. Um, so I'm working there, but I'm also, this gives me an opportunity to like interview, go into the city, 
work at some firms or I'm sorry, interview with some firms. This is not actually on my list of five things. But what I would say is um, be willing to go the extra mile for things that you want. Right. Maybe it's not that you're going to go straight to that thing, but you're going to do something that's going to get you a little bit closer. So within six months of working there, I get a call. And it's from like my dream firm. I don't really want to say any names because you know how some of these firms are. Um, I get a call from my dream firm and they're like, you, you got it. Like you're in. And I'm like, oh my God, like it, it all happened in the way that I planned for it to happen. Right. I'm going to take this thing temporarily just to put me in the position, just to put me in the position. Some people need to do that right now. You need to put yourself in the position to receive what you're asking for. Okay. Um, And someone made a comment here on Instagram. Am I the only one that finds all these manifestation things very tiring? Like it's too much work. And I'm going to be real. This is going to be a very real and raw conversation today. If you're not willing to put the work in to be a little bit uncomfortable to eventually be comfortable and live the life that you want, then it's not for you. And that's okay. There are a lot of things that I've done to live the reality that I live now in a, in a sense of hard work. And we're going to talk about that today because the spiritual community is really afraid of hard work. And there's a difference between online success and success with people who are running the world. There is a difference. There is a difference between what people online are telling you to do and people who actually own everything actually do, which is why I want to bring this, this realness. Okay. Um, so anyways, the first thing that I want to give you is that belief bends your reality. First thing that I learned is that belief bends your reality. Here I am. I'm a 23, I think I was 23, 23 year old woman um, who just uprooted her life from Michigan completely by herself. I knew no one in the city, maybe one or two people. And I walk into the biggest and the one of the biggest and the baddest firms on Wall Street. And I didn't even choose this specific office when I was like choosing where I was going to apply. It just so happened to be like the top performing um, office in the nation, meaning I'm sitting next to wealth managers and advisors who are like one, two, three on Forbes, who are managing billions of dollars in assets. Okay. That's the that's also the power of the universe. When you want something, you don't you can the universe can be positioning you for something bigger than what you even know that you're going for. But because you have the desire and you have the um you have the faith to just go after it, it gives you more. So here I am. I'm working on Fifth Avenue. I'm working in I mean, the level of prestige, the level of money, the level of wealth, the the level of clients and celebrity and just that whole world, absolutely insane. And so this first tip, belief bends your reality. I really want you to take this away because I stepped foot in this place and 
I remember my manager telling me, okay, hey, um, we're going to be expecting you to, you know, bring in million dollar accounts. So in wealth management, you, a part, it is sales. It's like sexy sales, sophisticated sophisticated sales and investment banking. So you're selling investments, right? You do have to get licensed and there's a series of licensing that you have to do that's really rigorous. Um, Those stories are for a different day. Lots of miracle stuff with that too, but um, really intense stuff. And so I remember thinking, I don't even know someone who has a $100,000. How am I going to land clients and get them to take me seriously who have millions of dollars? You know what I mean? But let me tell you something. The best thing that ever happened to me in my life was working on Wall Street and working in those environments because I was surrounded by people that didn't feel bad for me this is going to be a little raw, but they didn't feel bad for me because I was black or a woman. They did not care. Meaning this is the expectation. This is the level of um, prestige. This is the standard. This is the culture. This is what is what is expected of you. Not all. Um, no one in your family can even fathom that amount of money. Not, oh, you just moved to um, the biggest city in the country by yourself. And that's a whole other set of experiences. No one literally cared. And as soon as you recognize that no one cares, something powerful happens. You have to believe in yourself so much that it overpowers your past of anything that you have ever witnessed or learned or have been exposed to. And so because they didn't feel bad for me, it actually freed me from any programs of being a victim because when you have a, when you have a sales jobs where there, there are simply expectations. So the expectation for me was that every year I had to raise $10 million in assets. And it's very, very aggressive on a monthly basis. You're evaluated. If you fall behind, um, let's say if, if you fall behind like where you should be three months in, then you're gone. You're gone. Now, I'm the only black woman in the office. I'm 23 years old and I'm working um, or I'm, I'm working on Fifth Avenue in a very prestigious place. And no one feels bad for me. No one feels sorry for me. No one's saying, oh, hey, let's make it easier for her because um, there's such a disparity between probably the network that she has access to and the network that other people have access to. It doesn't matter if someone else got hired in and they're going to and this was the case. They're going to go. They're working on their dad's team who's already built a billion dollar book of business and they have nothing to worry about. They're just going to coast through the expectations They're They have nothing to worry about. Okay. And for all of my financial services people, I see someone says they're a banker. Um, I, I understand what you're what you're up against. But the belief, because they didn't feel bad for me, because they didn't look down on me and it was, hey, you got to perform at the same level as the person sitting next to you. 
You do what you have to do. And that's when I really began to make the experience mine. Heavily, 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 heavily into energetics and manifestation. And I manifested some really cool clients, some really cool accounts, some really cool things happened. I even manifested people in the office that saw my charisma, my work ethic, and what I was able to do. They, I'm the only black woman in the office, and there were only three black people total that were advisors, and the other two were men who had been there um, for a while. They'd never seen this before. So naturally, it magnetizes people in. It pulls them in, right? It, they're like, who is this person? How are, what, how are they doing this? And it put me in a position to end up with different business partners in the office that did give me opportunities, that did teach me things, that did show me, oh, you're doing it this way. You could actually do it this way. Go network with these people. Oh, go here. Go to this place. That's where those types of people hang out. It's all about positioning yourself. So the belief itself opens up the door for the universe to show you the support and the resources that are already around you. Now, this is why this is is important. If I would have went into that space and I actually saw this multiple times with other people of color that were hired, and this is not purely about race, it's just that I have to speak from my experience. So Everybody take from it, no matter your race or ethnicity, like what you can. Um, This was just a setup for me. So there were people who got into the space and the only thing that they could think about was there are not enough of other black people in the space. And let me tell you, those people did not last long because you're not focused on your job of what's expected. You're focused on who here is um, also in a similar position as me so I can try to get some sympathy. I hate to cut it to people, but in super elite, prestigious places and industries and realms, that doesn't really work. It really doesn't work. And you you really shouldn't want it to work because you don't want people to just give you something, okay? It doesn't mean that we can't have divine intervention or things like that, but Getting out of the program of I am a victim and I need a savior and I need somebody to come rescue me. That is a very disempowering frequency that we've all been tricked into believing helps us, but it doesn't. Because you know what it does? It gets you to stop relying on source and it gets you, it takes you out of your creatorship and it puts you in a position where you have the only way you can be successful, right, is if someone gives you something. Now, very different than the example that I gave you of attracting and magnetizing opportunities and collaboration from a place of empowerment. Very different vibration, very different set of things that can happen. Okay. Um, so that was something that I saw. People not being, no, regardless of race, actually, um, many, many people not being able to survive in that environment because they wanted sympathy. Maybe they wanted to play the feminine card. Guess what? No one cares. No one cuts you 
um, any slack because you're a woman. The sooner you accept these things, it becomes easier because when I accepted the game for what it was and I elevated my consciousness and I said, okay, I'm co-creating with source in this environment. This is not even about me and the firm or me and how much money I need to raise or me and anybody. This is between me and me, me and source. We're just actually playing a fun game and that's why it works. We're just actually allowing the universe to present all of the unforeseen miracles and resources that would otherwise be unavailable if I would have walked in in a victim frequency. Whatever business you're running right now and whatever job you're working right now, I want you to make a shift right now, which is that it is a game for your soul. You have to strip down the matrix indoctrination that this is something that you have to be on the defense. That's when you really become like a secret agent in a game. You got the cheat codes. Nobody knows that you have the cheat codes. They're looking at you like a unicorn, but the whole time you are just manifestation on steroids, having the time of your life. A lot of people think, Oh, you, she probably left that space because it was toxic or dark or whatever. And the truth is that I had a great time. I had the time of my life playing that game. It was so exhilarating. It was so fun. It it was the, the most exhilaration you can experience in this realm is when you have the cheat codes and you know that everything is actually revolved around you. It's a different experience, okay? So one, belief bends reality. Belief bends reality, okay? Second thing that I learned, okay, this one's gonna go deep into balancing your masculine and feminine energy. You have revenue-producing activities and then you have non-revenue-producing activities. In a day, I'm running a business It's within a firm, but you still are your own business within that firm. And no one's over your shoulder telling you what to do. Um, No one's telling you how to use your time. No one's telling you how to allocate your time. And it's so easy to do non-revenue producing activities, which are usually more comfortable, as opposed to a revenue producing activity would be, okay, I need to cold call X amount of people. I need to go to this networking event. I need to do these types of things, not work on my website, organize my spreadsheet. Any business that you're running, this specifically applies to business, the revenue producing activities are 90% responsible for what works and goes well in your business. So um, when people tell me like they want to be an online person, but they don't want to show up online, you can't have an online business if you don't want to be online. And there are ways to work around that in ads and different things, but nine times out of 10, 
If you don't want to be online, if you don't want to be seen online, but you want an online business, you need to get into a different business because people sit there and they're doing things like um, changing their bio 300 times or scrolling down, looking what other people are doing. This is just an example. Ask, I want you to ask yourself, what are the revenue producing activities in your business? Like for an example, this is a revenue producing activity in my business. Every time I show up, I deliver a real raw, authentic piece of myself. That energy ripples out into my business. Now, if you're not showing up and you're not um, being seen, it just, it doesn't happen. There are just some things that you have to do. Now, this is what blocks people. The fear of rejection. If you look at the activities you're avoiding doing, it's because you don't want to be rejected. So something that I had to learn in sales is I had to become numb to rejection. And what I mean is it gets to a point where someone could literally hang up in your face and you're like, you suck, never call back. And you just laugh and you pick up and you call the next person. It has no impact on you because you don't take it personally. Some of you who want to create content, you take it personally, what people think about you. Whereas if the work that you want to do was really in your heart, you would still do it. What's in your heart would overpower um, the insecurities. Everyone has insecurities. Everyone has insecurities. But your desire has to be greater than the discomfort. When your desire is greater than the discomfort, it doesn't matter what the task or the job is, you are fueled by your soul. So I was always fueled by my soul because I understood deeper than just okay the game of manifesting. Yeah, that was phenomenal. But I understood that every single thing I was learning and experiencing that one day I would teach it because source told me. So it was actually always bigger than just, I want to make money. Some of you just want to make money. That only gets you so far because when you're rejected or when someone says no, or when uh, you're going to just quit and stop, if you don't have something bigger, someone here mentioned trauma. What about trauma? The desire should be greater even than your trauma. Everyone has trauma to a certain degree. Every single person has trauma. Um, and I want to, this trauma piece, you know, because we're talking about like really the masculine gritty part of just building things, it goes back to what I just told you guys that no one cares. It doesn't mean that when I'm at home, I'm not working on my trauma or I'm not healing my heart or I wasn't doing, um, soul nourishing things, but it's that. There is a balance that you need to have. You need in this world that we live in, um, no one's going to hold your hand and say, okay, um, you are dealing with trauma. Let us change the expectations for you. They don't, people don't care. There is, I'm going to say, everybody here needs to embrace their masculine energy. Working in a hyper, hyper, hyper masculine environment made me, um, it sharpened my masculine energy. Now I will say there, there is a such thing as 
that imbalance where you get to be too masculine. Like I got to a point where, because I worked with really alpha men, I'm talking, you walk in first thing in the morning, what's, what are the three stocks that you're watching? What's your opinion on the mark? I mean, very crazy environment where you have to, um, you have to really be powerful in your presence of how you conduct yourself, how you advocate for yourself. Like, when I say I worked with the most alpha men on the planet, they did not treat me different. They did not care. That's kind of why I have this type of personality. But I started to notice that even when I was dealing with my family and friends, I was like, I could be at a restaurant or something um, ordering like I'm closing a business deal. <laughs> you know, I'm like talking to the waiter or the waitress, like super intense. And it's like, it's literally not that intense. So you have to be balanced. And that was something else that I learned is that I did not actually have to do business in that way. At first, I thought, okay, to survive in this environment, I have to be hyper-masculine. To um, show my strength and to show what I'm capable of, I have to reciprocate that energy. But I actually learned, especially with clients, is that the feminine energy of compassion and nurturing landed me more deals landed me more, um, more clients. Not that I didn't embody authority when necessary or needed, or not that in certain conversations, I didn't allow the masculine energy to lead, but I don't want anyone here to think that this means go out and be a bulldog. Sometimes you need to be a bulldog. Sometimes you don't, you have to read the room. Okay, so again, revenue producing activities versus non revenue producing activities. That is like a basic thing that you learn in sales. When I sold life insurance, like before I got into this elite version of financial services, um, I mean, and that was that training was so good to me because there's just so much that's so good about running a business. Every single day we had to track our activities and the activities would fall into the categories of revenue producing and non-revenue producing. Things that actually make you money. Okay. Um, So this third thing I want to give you guys, actually, let me go back really quickly, just really quickly, discipline. The amount of discipline that I saw all of these people display no matter how successful, no matter how wealthy. I mean, I'm talking about portfolio managers who are, they have a billion dollars of assets in their book. They're making multiple millions per year. Homes in the Hamptons, living, they don't have to come in into the office if they don't want to. They just, they literally don't have to. They have a whole team that could do it. All of the most successful people that I saw every single day worked at their business, no matter how successful. Now, a part of that I do think is old masculine programming and you don't have to do that. But what I will say is some people are trying to avoid discipline um, and hard work. I'll say it. It's not a bad word to me. And I'm a deeply spiritual person, as you know, Um you just can't avoid it. Even in this business, I have worked hard. Hours upon hours upon hours of building things and 
um, researching things and tweaking things and um, refining my craft in so many different ways. People want to avoid the work. And I want to explain something. I don't care what industry you choose, because this is what people do. They're like, oh, I'm going to do this online or I'm going to do this other thing because I'll, 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 um, I will minimize how much effort I'll have to do. And then I could just be really successful without doing anything. Any industry, any job, any corporate position worth having business worth having requires work. Me and my boyfriend were talking about this the other day because he played football in college. And we were talking about how a lot of people would look at, you know, people with scholarships and they're like, they have it so easy and blah, blah, blah. And do you understand the life of a student athlete? Not, it doesn't matter what you choose in this reality, in this matrix, it comes with certain sacrifices. People might look at athletes now. You look at different um, professional football players, basketball players, and people could say, oh, my, they get paid all that money just to play. Again. Do you know how much they've sacrificed to be in that position? Do you know how much they've given to be in that position? Do you know um, they don't how much time they don't get to spend with their family to be in that position? Some of you really need to check your discipline and watch where you're trying to avoid pain. You're trying to avoid pain and you're trying to just get something. It doesn't exist in this plane. I'm telling you that right now. Okay. So you need your masculine energy. Make friends with it now. Okay. Um, so this next one, you have to believe that you deserve to be in the room. You know that feeling when you are in a very... Um, a very like high class, upper class environment and you feel uncomfortable, like you feel like you're monitoring every movement or everything that you say, like you, you feel like maybe people are judging me because I should not be here or I don't have the proper etiquette. And that's what it felt like to me initially. And just being quantum leaped into this world of wealth and prestige and elitism. That's really what it is. And <laughs> feeling so uncomfortable until I didn't, until I decided not to feel that way. Um, and what I mean is you want to get to a point where there's not any environment or any place that's too good for you. And I love this. Someone says, it's you just judging yourself. And it's true. The moment you believe that you deserve to be in that space, the way people respond to you is completely different. So whenever people dealt with me of any type of race or ethnicity, um, they never really dealt with someone that looked like me that had that much confidence. But it was intriguing. 
everyone here has the power to be that confident in whatever um, whatever space that you're working in. My recommendation is to always put yourself in uncomfortable situations. If you feel uncomfortable in certain crowds, go actively put yourself into that crowd until you're no longer intimidated to be in that crowd. Because really, it's just a subconscious block. It's based on your past. It's based on environments that you're used to being around where people have a certain um, a certain standard of being and maybe you're believing that you can't expand beyond that. You can't expand outside of that. Go, I always tell you guys, go sit in very high-end restaurants, very expensive places. Even if you can only afford a soup and a salad or a drink at the bar, it's the frequency of the environment that imprints on you. Go into luxury stores, not from a place of materialism, but from a place of simply no longer having the judgment because the judgment is what actually creates resistance. When you say, oh, well, those types of people are like this. Most people who have those opinions have never even spent time around those types of people, right? Those types of people became my best friends and my allies, saved my life taught me invaluable things. For most people, it's just speculation. What those people do, how those people act, when really it's just a culture. It's a culture that you can um, you can adopt for yourself. It doesn't mean that ego in these spaces don't exist because it, they, it definitely does. It definitely exists. Put yourself in environments that are vibrating on the frequency of what you want in your life. So one of the best things that ever happened to me was because I was in this culture of people who just talked about money like it was water, talked about all these things like it was it was so normal. Oh, we're going down to the Hamptons this weekend. You want to come? Oh, we're going to fly out to Aspen. You want to come? Like. It's just a culture. And what happens is it becomes the norm in your reality. You're no longer placing it on the pedestal and saying, that's too good for me. Nothing is too good for you. And I've been in the room and across from literal billionaires and multimillionaires and celebrities and athletes. And it got to a point where I felt zero intimidation to be around them, to hold a conversation, to share space, to hold energy. This is also deeply spiritual. Valuing yourself beyond titles or conditions of what you think other people have or don't have over you. That's how you're going to first energetically level the playing field. Doesn't matter. So this third one was you deserve to be in every room. You have to know that you deserve to be in the room. You should be going places that are so nice that you say it should be this nice. Like it's, I'll be honest, it's really hard to impress me at this point. It's I've been to some, in some really nice situations. I just expect that. Some people call it bougie or whatever. Listen, there's an energetic standard in my life. It should be this nice. It should be this comforting. It should be this easy. You get you get to set that tone for your reality that you experience beautiful and good things. 
and good food and amazing music and beautiful clothing and you're around amazing charismatic people with the best ideas in the world and um guest homes and so many things because when you expand that net what happens is this network right it's all about this network when you're exposed to this certain network there are certain doors and opportunities these people but if you're in a resistance of well those people act like this you cannot hold that in your reality you just can't you have to break that down so um if you need to look through magazines of high-end luxury things if you need to um i also recommend whenever you can stay at a really nice five-star hotel Watch the service of how these people treat you. It was different for me because this world was just, it was the world. It was around me. I didn't have to schedule it, you know, into my world. So it quantum leaped my vibration and the wealth department and luxury department. Like it just, you know, jumped it. If you don't have that around you, I need you to commit to intentionally working that into your vibration. Go drive around a wealthy neighborhood. Envision yourself living there in that area, in that zip code. If it's a luxury um, apartment building, go there. Ask to see a unit. Even if you have, you're in no position to actually live, what you're doing is you're subconsciously programming yourself to normalize what you once put on a pedestal. Okay. Very important stuff. Um, Fourth thing I want to share with you that I learned people buy from you or people befriend you based on your confidence. I had some I mean, bizarre clientele that if you looked at the matrix matrix facts, they should have never said yes to me. I was 23, 24, 25, like that age range. Still basically kind of new in the business. And I'm talking about people who um, were startup founders and CEOs of companies that traded on the stock exchange. And gave me millions of dollars to manage. Why? It makes no sense. People looking at it's like, how? It makes no sense. It's based on you saying yes to yourself first. It's never about getting them to say yes to me. It became more so about, do I believe that I can energetically land this, land it first energetically. Hold the reality of them saying yes to me energetically while feeling fully worthy of being able to perform or do whatever I need to do, showing up, delivering. But the yes is never because you actually um, convince them of anything. It's that there's a certain frequency that you embody that signals to them that they can trust you, that they can follow you. They can follow your lead because you're someone that knows where you're going. For many of you with, let's just say, spiritual coaching businesses who aren't making any money, 
People are not saying yes to you because you don't really believe in what you have to offer. You really don't. You are more focused, and this could be any type of business, you are more focused on them validating you than you are owning the space and holding authority of over what you know you have to offer. If you don't believe that you really have something of value, don't try to sell anybody anything, truly. Because if you really believe in the product or the service, whatever you're standing behind, you should have full confidence and authority to highlight or display like whatever, whatever this is. Same thing for those of you working in corporate environments and situations. Every time I do corporate coaching with someone who's trying to elevate, there's always a block on them believing that they actually are worthy of the position that they're asking for, the raise that they're asking for. The example I always use is, you know, when someone, um, someone, let's just say someone gets a raise or a promotion that you wanted and you think they're not even that smart. They don't even like. I know more than them, or I maybe you even do a better job than them. They were hired because they believed that they should have been hired. That's just the truth. The management or whoever whoever was doing the interviews was sold on their vibration, not even what they had actually already produced. It's a confidence thing. It's a it's a charisma thing. Do you actually believe that you're worthy of the thing that you're asking for? Do you actually believe that you should have that position? So this was something else that I learned in this space, which was um, all of the top producing wealth managers, portfolio managers, you know, investment bankers, private equity people, they had this sense of entitlement about them. This sense of, I should be here. This sense of, this actually belongs to me and I should have it over the next person. Now, for some people, that might feel uncomfortable for you to entertain that. That can have ego matrix undertones, but when filtered through um, integrity and the purity of your heart, you should have a sense of entitlement on this planet. I am entitled to live out my highest timeline. That's why I'm here. I am entitled to have that position because I want it and I can have it. I am entitled to create however much money that I want. I am entitled like whatever the thing is for you, do you really, and we're using the word entitlement, this entitlement is coming through because it's taking some of you out of this complacent, humble frequency that you think it's humble, but it's really coming from unworthiness. It's really coming from um, a program that there's some type of, um, honor in you being not successful. 
most people think that it's a deep, it comes from some religious indoctrination, but most people have the, this program embedded that there's a sense of honor in struggling and being poor and not getting what you want, which is why when you see people who always get what you want, it triggers you. I'm the opposite. When people get what they want and they do it consecutively, I, I like those types of people. Those are the types of people that I hang out with because I've created a winning frequency in my life. That's why I love Kobe and people like that, because they don't feel bad about their success. You want them to feel bad about their success. But let me tell you, all of the elite people who do amazing things on this planet, it doesn't mean that they all do amazing things. Right. Um, But the people who are doing amazing things with their time on this planet, they don't feel bad about their success. You want them to because you've been programmed that way. We don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. My life is going to get better and better and better. There's going to be more money and more success and more expansion. And I just love it. I eat it up because that's me co-creating with God. And God is experiencing that beauty through me. Source is experiencing that beauty through me. I don't feel bad. And I don't hang around people that think like that. Why? Because that lowers my frequency. It's a buzzkill. So when they say, well, the rich hang with the rich and it's such a shame, why would they want to hang out with you? Why? All you're going to do is make them feel bad about their circumstances and they don't want to feel bad because you're taking them out of alignment with their creator, that they should feel good. So everyone here can make a commitment to themselves that they are entitled to experience the highest timeline reality and sources dropping in uh, to balance this out. Um, What is best for you and also for the planet and everyone here. So not doing things out of a, um, out of a low vibration. That's not what we're talking about. Some people here, truth kind of hurts, but We have to say it. Some people here are so comfortable with being the loser in the situation. This is a little bit of that masculine energy I was talking about. Some of you are so used to losing in life and you wear it like a badge of honor, like a stamp. And you're like, I'm a loser. My life sucks. This is, there's so much um, integrity in this. But really, do you think your higher self feels like a loser? Do you think source feels like a loser? Or is source the genius behind every good thing that we've ever laid our eyes on and witnessed? When you say yes to the winner inside of you, you're actually saying yes to the source within you. The, the true genius, miraculous, infinitely intelligent spirit that dwells within you. That's what you're saying yes to. Training yourself out of the vibration of it's normal to not get what I want. When I don't get things that I want, it's abnormal. It, I'm like, what the, like, okay, that must mean something bigger or more is coming. I want you to create a culture of getting what you want. Create a culture of being ingenious. Create a culture of winning in your life every single time. 
every single time. And we're it's coming through like this because we really are breaking um, black magic spells that have been put on many people here. Deep generational curses, ancestral curses, uh, matrix programs, implants, infiltration technology, all of this stuff. That's like, it's, you don't even know why your operating system is working this way. We're piercing through that lackful, untrue frequency to shift you into the vibration of who you really are. A genius, a winner, a thriver, an abundant being. Someone who deserves all of the the beauty and well-being that's possible and available here in this time-space reality. That's who you really are. That's who you've always been. Okay. So this last thing I want to give you, and it's about money. Money and wealth are attitudes. I'm not talking about, I see it. And then I allow myself to feel that way. I'm talking about, I know who I am as a soul and an eternal spirit. This is my true frequency. Doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank right now. I I mean, I really need people to get this. Because this is what's happening. You are allowing yourself to view who you are in a certain light based on something that Your ego believes that you lack. So you're basically saying, I don't celebrate myself. I don't trust myself. I don't honor myself. And I don't believe in myself because I don't have this right now. And then that's the same loser energy we've been talking about. Um, You take that loser energy out into the world and then you go try to apply for a job or you try to interview or you try to attract clients. Nobody's believing it. Nobody's buying into it. Because they're picking up on how you actually feel about yourself. Let's just really sit in that energy. Really, really feel that. People are only picking up on how I feel about myself. If you can get to the point where it doesn't matter what you physically have right now, but the way you choose to feel about yourself is the same way that source feels about you, then you can have zero dollars in the bank, but you can do that interview or you could post that content. You could walk into this room and be magnetic. Magnetism has nothing to do with money. The times in my life that I was broke, I was the most magnetic, probably more magnetic than I've ever been because I had to rely on my frequency. I didn't have a crutch to say, oh, this money or whatever. I didn't have the financial security, but I had to create a different type of security, the security that can only come from your soul. And you know why that's important? Because when you do get some money, when you do get into some rooms, There's nothing that anybody can dangle in front of you that takes you out of integrity because you understand that your magnetism comes from your heart, that your magnetism and your worth is based on your spirit, not what you have right now or um, what other people, which how you want other people to perceive you. 
Some people don't even want to date and open themselves up to a relationship because they feel like they're too broke. These are the types of things I see when I do um, quantum healing work with people. They want a relationship, a partner, this dream thing, but vibrationally, they're like, well, I didn't, I don't make enough money. Instead of believing that someone could love them unconditionally exactly where they are. I don't make enough money. I don't have the title that I really want yet. My business is not in a place where I want it to be. And it doesn't mean that it it can't be a, a beneficial thing to work on yourself and to sort some things out within yourself before you get into relationships. But I'm using this as an example to show you where you're not being um, unconditional with yourself. Because the true frequency of wealth is when it's on autopilot. If I only allow myself to feel wealthy when I see money, I will only have money sometimes. If I master the vibration of feeling and like money and wealth and exuding that from my spirit, from my heart, from my soul, I will always be in a position to manifest more money. This is why it's important to hack this. This is the biggest matrix program is that you don't hold worth or value right now because you don't have some money or some material thing that you think you need to be magnetic. So when I go out into the world, doesn't matter how much money is in my account or not in my, I'm always in a position to manifest what I need. That is true magnetism. Then you don't have to worry about being in positions where you have to experience lack. Well, you're only experiencing lack because um, you thought that you were missing something. If I never believe that I'm missing anything, I'm never in a state of lack. And because I'm never in a state of being of lack, I only keep attracting abundance. You have to break the cycle. Um, Someone's asking, is there a practical exercise? If you could go out into the world and you could focus on everything beautiful and everything abundant, you will that will become your dominant frequency. Anything you can um, possibly use as an excuse to put yourself in that frequency of the world is beautiful. Um, The best book that I can recommend on money is The Science of Getting, one of the best books, The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. This book really changed my life when I was 19 years old. Because it talks about how most people look at life in a doomsday type of way, right? The industries, all the industries are so bad and this is so horrible with the planet and this negative thing. And then he goes to break down. And this is a book that was written probably in like, I don't know, 1920 or something like that. But he goes to break down how all of this industrialism and all of this expansion and all of all, all everything that was expanding in the country at that time had put the world in a better place than it had ever been before. Here's the truth. No matter how many bad things we can identify on this planet, the present moment will always be the best time that has ever existed on the planet ever. It, there's never been a better time than right now. There's never been a, a time um, 
where so many things, so many advancements and innovations, and this is how Source perceives human evolution is that it only gets better and better and better. Source is not sitting there and going, oh, um, look at humanity. They're so behind. It's so toxic down there. No, it's a state of evolution. There's some contrast. There's some expansion. So I recommend that book because it really is going to go into your psychology of how you actually approach the world. Um, most people's attitude towards the world is that it's bad. This is a bad place. Horrible things are happening. It doesn't mean that those things aren't taking place. It doesn't mean that those things aren't happening. They are. But when you shift your focus, you stop fueling those timelines. And simultaneously activate a parallel version of this planet that you experience. I always say this. We're not all experiencing the same reality. So if you go out into the world and you start noticing how many amazing things are taking place and happening, that will become your dominant point of of attraction, meaning it, it will be how you genuinely perceive reality. My perception of reality is that it's great. It's beautiful. And it just keeps getting better and better. And I can say that now and truly mean it. Whereas before I had to say it and, um, grow into that belief. It's okay to start somewhere right now. You might not believe it right now. You might be thinking, well, Aaron and source, There are some really shitty things that happen on this planet. How am I not going to acknowledge them or think about them? I know some of you are engineered that way, but guess what? You will never save anybody from a reality that they signed up for. And furthermore, you will never save anybody if you don't first save yourself, vibrationally speaking. If you don't Put yourself on a timeline where you are experiencing the best of what's available. How would you ever have anything else to offer to anyone else? The only thing you would actually do is lower your frequency. And now you're on the same timeline with them in the same position. In the same vibration, in the same energy, in the same trapped in the same reality. So. How do us light workers and earth angels and star seeds begin shifting the collective timelines one by one? We have to be living our best timeline. We have to become the bridge into that collective new earth frequency. The only way you're going to do that is if you get off the doomsday train. When you're around people um, who are talking about how bad the planet is and how bad things are, you know, you might be that person. Everything's always bad. Nothing's ever working out. Um, That is a momentum and a rhythm that that person has created in their life. So that's all they see. I experienced this one day, like in such a way that it made so much sense to me. Um, A few years ago, I don't know, I was just like online on my phone. And you know how those little like, those articles pop up like those tabloid type articles. And it was like something, something bad, but it was like intriguing. I was like, oh, let me read this. And I, it was like a horrible story of something that had happened locally. And 
After I read that story, do you know another one popped up of something else bad that had happened in the area? And then another one. And then an- and before you know it, you're in this rabbit hole of never ending um, horror and terror. And then reality does cave in on you and you really will feel like this is a bad place. And then you're going out into the world and you're looking over your shoulder and you never feel safe and you always feel like people are out to get you and you feel like people are trying to take things from you and they might do this to me. You know, there are beings in positions and in places who pump these things in front of you so you can energetically fuel those timelines where you will manifest and attract those experiences. This is the truth. They want to put as much pain and grief and terror in front of you so that it becomes a part of your frequency. So it's on autopilot. You go out into the world and you manifest bad things. It's a loop. It's a matrix loop. I'm literally seeing this as like a um, hmm, holographic prison. You're in, you, you are in a prison that you don't realize that you're in. And it's a prison because you're literally blocking yourself off from all of the other timelines that you could be experiencing. You want to free yourself. Take the cuffs, take the shackles off. Right. We're giving you the key and free yourself from the holographic prison. You don't have to play those games if you don't want to. There's more for you to experience, okay? So I'm just gonna go through the five things that I learned um, and on working on Wall Street and that you should adopt and implement in your life. First one is belief bends reality. The second one was... Um, Focusing on revenue producing activities versus non-revenue producing activities. Believing that you deserve to be in the room. People buying or befriending you based off of your confidence. And that money and wealth is an attitude. It's a decision. It's a choice that you make before you ever have any. Or with how much ever you have right now. Okay, so um, if there are any questions, drop them in the comments and I'll answer a few of them. Just because sometimes I like to get into the vibrational details of like specific occurrences that maybe you're experiencing and it helps other people expand too. Let's see. Yes, this live is going to be immediately available on my YouTube, which is Aaron Lyons TV. Okay, repeating the five things again. Belief bends reality. Focusing on revenue producing activities versus non-revenue generating activities. Believing that you deserve to be in the room, 
knowing that people will buy from you or befriend you based on your confidence. And the fifth one, money and wealth is an attitude. What are some of the ways we can work through the lows that come before we level up? Every single time you hit a low point, I want you to look at it as an opportunity to refine yourself. You hit that low point based on certain decisions that you made, thoughts and beliefs that you were entertaining. Backtrack. Why am I in this position? Why am I in this position? Did I spend more money than I actually had? And now I don't have any anymore. Did I actually not really um, show up at work and perform because I didn't like the job, but I didn't like it, which is why it vibrated out of my reality? Is it I'm at this low point in my business where people are not signing up for things or things are not selling, but it's actually that I don't believe in the products and the services anymore, or maybe you never did. You know what it is? You have to stop lying to yourself. You have to stop pretending that you don't know what the problem is. There's something that you've been doing to be in that position. A lot of this is very practical when it comes to money specifically. Meaning, what are your in- what's your income? What are your expenses? Do your expenses outweigh your income? Very simple. If your expenses outweigh your income, you're always going to be in a deficit. You're not going to have an opportunity to save to start creating a cushion. You're not going to um, have money for a rainy day. So every time something comes up, you're going to be hit again. You're going to stay in that um, in that pattern of never having enough. So what are you going to do? Income has to increase or expenses has to have to decrease. basic. So now if if it's okay, well most of these expenses I can't really get rid of. Okay? We need to manifest a new job that pays more money. Okay, let me start working on my beliefs. Do I believe that I can land a new job? Do I believe that I'm worthy of a new job or something better or something that pays more? Usually it's not just about um Sometimes people can't just go into the thing that they need, the solution that would actually help them because there are layers of beliefs that actually block that reality. So step one is, why am I in this situation? And be honest, evaluate the truth, the facts. What needs to change? What beliefs do I need to work on so that I can be a vibrational match to the solution? Usually the solution is actually very simple. You need a new job. You need a raise. You need a promotion. Maybe you started a business that's not doing well temporarily. Maybe you need to get a part-time job. 
This is all practical. Remember in the beginning when I told you guys I had this dream job and I really wanted to be a stockbroker and I wanted to work at the biggest and the baddest, but I said, what did I do first? Step one was actually taking a different position that I did not want to do really, but I, I, I just knew this is the step that put me in the position to then be receptive or in a frequency of um, being able to make the next step to have the thing that I wanted. Some of you don't want to play the game. You want to go from point A to point B. Maybe you have to go point A, point B, point C, point D. You end up there at the D, the destination. And guess what? All of the steps that I took to get to where my life is now, I would not change those steps because I learned the things that I needed to learn. They were initiations. There were people that I met. I would not have wanted to miss out on meeting some of those people. They were a part of the journey. You're trying to go from making $50,000 a year to a million dollars a year. Nine times out of 10, that's not going to happen because you have a $50,000 per year mentality. But if you go from 50K to 100K, that's a big leap. Now you have a $100,000 mentality. Then you go from $100,000, maybe you double again, you go 200K. You're closer. If you end up there, um, does it really matter? But what happens is, it's the shiny object in the future. I really want to be there. And as long as I'm not there, I'm going to feel like shit the whole ride. Well, it doesn't change if you're going to feel like that. So when we say embrace the game, it's that, okay, if my soul is playing a game anyways, that means at any single point, I can manifest magic and miracles. Now you're truly living a miraculous life where every corner you turn, there are synchronicities. There are people. There are opportunities. I mean, just magic bursting at the seams that you even forget that you're technically not where you said you wanted to be, but that's okay. Because the whole time you were having fun, the whole time source was showing you this is possible. This is available. Oh, what about this? You can experience this on the way too. It's like if you were on a plane and you were going on a vacation, when you're on the plane on the way to the, the resort or wherever you're going, um, you're not pissed off the whole plane ride because you're not at the destination yet. You understand, okay, there's going to be a little bit of a time lag before I get there. How can I make the most of this time? Some people take a nap. Some people read. Some people work on their laptop. Some people make friends with the person sitting next to them. Some people order a glass of wine. What are you doing with the in-between time? If you're miserable in the in-between time, you will never hold the frequency to accelerate and get there. You can't be miserable trying to get to the destination. You actually just keep delaying the destination the more miserable you are. So for those of you who are at those low points, Again, I need you to be honest with yourself. Why are you there? What decisions have you made that have led to you being there? I 
I want to give one more thing on the practicality around money. Um, you have to understand how this planet works. There are actually only five ways to create money. Only five ways. I don't know if I've shared this. I know I've shared this in my membership. I don't know if I've shared this with you guys before with like everybody. There are only five ways. A job, a business, an inheritance, luck. So that could be like gambling or something like that. And investments. Now, why is it important for you to know these five ways to create money? Because people complicate money. It's like, I want to make more money, but I don't know what to do. We just narrowed it down. You have to have a job or a business or investments, or you can inherit money, or you can get lucky. You can get a settlement. You can find money. You can get like, those are only the five ways to create money. So narrowing that down to our five, what do you need to do right now? For most people, the investments, you need money to invest money. So that's probably out if you're asking about how you can get some money right now. That's out. If you have a job, understand that that job comes with limitation. Now, you can definitely be a high corporate earner. You can be a high corporate earner if that's a part of your wheelhouse. There's nothing wrong with that like our C-suite people, that that type of thing. Um, you can absolutely have a 5D job and career that you love and you are so fulfilled and you are so um, soul connected to the intention of that organization, 100%. But understand, typically, there is a max of what you can earn of salary. So then we have our next option, a business. So wait, let me go back. If you're in that job situation, what are your options? I need to either manifest a new job where I can make more money. I need to manifest a raise or a promotion. Those are literally your options. Those are your options. Okay. If you run a business. Now, the beautiful thing about a business is that you can create as many doors as you want for money to find you. But I'm going to go back to number two. Revenue producing activities versus non-revenue producing activities. What are you doing on a consistent basis? Are you reinvesting in your company? With business, it's a it, it's it's really vibrational and it's really based on the specifics of a person as to why a business may or not be thriving. But do some shadow work. Do some, I'm going to, I'm going to try to come up with some business shadow work for people. Um, do some business shadow work. Do I really believe in what I'm selling? Do I believe in myself? Do I really believe that this product or service benefits people? What is your messaging? When I do business audits for people, a lot of times is that their messaging sucks, meaning what they're, um, what they're trying to sell. No one would understand that based on what they're saying. Or maybe it's just boring. You're, it's you. The it factor is not there. Um, there's so many things in that department. Now, if you are running a business, maybe you need to introduce a new product suite. Maybe you 
for an example, let's say you're a spiritual coach and you do one on one. You only do one on one sessions. You're some type of coach. There are only so many hours in the day. You're going to limit your ability to make infinite amounts of money if that's all that you're doing, because there are only so many people you can meet with in a day. You see what I mean? That's a limitation in your business. That's a bottleneck in your business. So you would want to introduce something that creates passive income, a course. But let's say you introduce this course and no one buys it. There's typically a reason why no one buys it. Either they don't know enough about you because you don't show up enough or your messaging is off or the pricing is off for the audience. It just there's something out of alignment. So there's usually just something out of alignment. We could, I mean, so many infinite examples with that. Um, Then what else did we say? We said getting lucky. You can manifest money, getting lucky. I don't recommend that as the strategy. However, that's something that I put in the bucket of wouldn't that be fun if, but I wouldn't put all my eggs in that bucket. I've manifested tons of money through luck, but I wasn't trying to, hence it being luck. I don't want you to manifest walking down the street and you get a crinkled $5 bill once in a blue moon. I want you to have a a sustainable flow of money and making more of it. Now, for some of you, you need to not make it about money at all. You need to take money out of the equation and you need to get to the core of focusing on what you love. This is personally how I've created success in my life is um, being very heart driven. Like I'm a very passionate person. I get my thrill and excitement out of the possibility of a dream coming true. So when I get hyper focused and obsessed on something that I want to actualize, I already understand that the money is a byproduct, but it's like a hunt. You know, it's like like when I get that client or when I get that thing or when I get my foot in the door of that place or what that to me is much more exciting, like the thrill of manifesting that than focusing on money. That's been a personal um, hack of mine. It's not it, it doesn't fulfill me to think about making more money like I would much rather play the game. I'm here for the game of it. What? Can we make happen just to say that we made it happen just because we can? That's the game that I like to play. How big can this actually get? How far can this actually go? Who, how many people can we get involved? How expansive can this be? Most people here need to get off the money train of all the courses and the things you're buying that you think that it's financial literacy, but really, if you don't have any money, financial literacy is not that helpful. You need it's a soul thing. It's a heart thing. It's a I like being here thing. There's something that excites me. There's something that wakes me up in the morning. I'm going after something. That is the best feeling and frequency to be in in your life is when you have something that you're going after. You have something that is driving you. You have something that you're obsessed with. If you are not obsessed with your desire, I highly recommend that you 
look into a new one because the desire is the soul that is just like craving that experience. It is that, I mean, it's just like the, to me, it is the best feeling ever. It is literally the feeling of being alive. That's how you know you're alive. When you want something so bad, you want it really, really bad that if you don't have it or if you don't do it, you literally feel like you might die. You literally feel like you might die. That's how I feel about this business. When I got to a point where, you know, I played this game, made money, did all the things, whatever, cracked the matrix, cheat codes, boom. And my spirit is like, okay, we did that. What's next? And I literally felt like I wasn't, I was, I literally felt like I was going to die if I didn't live in my true soul purpose, which was getting information and wisdom out there. That was my new obsession. This is my obsession, which is why I spend so much time. I'm not one of these um, coaches or people out there. Like I am a teacher before anything else. You have a lot of people out here who are like every single, I believe that anytime I open my mouth, I should get paid. Source pays me in an abundance of ways. As lo- we have an agreement. As long as I'm doing what I love and I'm doing it from my heart, I don't have to worry about being getting paid. I don't have to worry. I don't think about not ever having money. I'm good. I'm on Source's payroll permanently. So if you're the type of person where you're like, I'm only going to give this so I can m- make this or I'm not giving, like, let me tell you something. That is really whack. If you look at every single person on this planet who makes an astronomical amount of money, let me tell you something. And obviously we have some low vibrational instances. Let's not, let's ignore those. People that are respectable people with integrity. Do you know how much they give? And then people say, well, why do they make that much money or why do they have that lifestyle? Do you understand how much they've given? So in 10 years from now, whatever life I'm going to be living, the proof is in the pudding that you can see for 10 years, I've been giving people my full heart and soul for free. So yeah, there are some things that cost, but I never tried to um, be skimpy on the soul offering. What is your soul offering? Truly, that if you died tomorrow, could you say, I really like how I spent my time and I like what I contributed? Most people can't actually say that they would be satisfied or fulfilled. If I die tomorrow, I swear, I am go- I've done everything. I am good. Like there's a lot more to live, but I am fully happy with every decision that I've made and how much of myself I've chosen to give without being in this matrix loop loop of everything is for money. That's the issue with some people. You look at every single thing that you want to do with a price tag. Well, why would I do that? Would it make me money? Maybe you do it because it unlocks something within you that eventually leads to you making the money but you don't even want to do the thing that your soul is calling you to do because you associate it with the price tag. It's okay to do some things just to do them or to do some things for free. I promise you, the, 
if you could take away this last gem, this last gem, the universe always pays me. Always. Sometimes it's not in money. Sometimes it's in experience that is priceless. Or sometimes it's in a special person that you meet that changes your life forever. Or some crazy synchronistic thing that happens that you can't even wrap your mind around. That feels like you're living in a literal dream. I mean, I have so many synchronicities and just magic and miracles in my life. I could write a whole book just on miracles of things that have happened. Because you stop living by the matrix programs that everything is about money and this and that, and I don't have a big enough house yet. And the magic is in the details. You could leave your house today and something extraordinary can happen to you. You can go to your local coffee shop and something extraordinary can happen to you. Are you open to that? Or are you just only open to, well, I just need some more money? That's that's boring. I'm telling you right now, it's boring. The money, if it's just about the money, that gets boring. The real magic is in the experiences, in the moments that are priceless, that only the intelligence of the creator can organize, where it happens in that moment and you that's God. This moment is, is God literally in divine orchestration. It fit, I'm telling you, it gives you a feeling that money will never give you. It won't give you. It just, there's nothing that touches the intelligence, the supreme intelligence of source working in your life. That is true wealth. That is what you should be striving for, to feel that way every single day, no matter what's in the bank, no matter even who's around, who's in your life. Okay, so that's what we have for you guys today. Um, Much love, and I hope you enjoyed this. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.